coming. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 73 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. That's indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to hop right on into this thing. You can find my podcast links at linktr.ee slash Todd. Like I say every week on YouTube, Periscope, iTunes, the list goes on and on and on and on. Link tr.ee slash two sweet pie. So no best thing, funniest thing this week. No number one spot this week. Ah, again, maybe we'll bring that back next week. We'll see. We got a lot to hop into. We got Impact Slammiversary 2019. That should be really good. It was the pay-per-view of the year last year. Could be this year. We'll see. I'm going to hop into that. Got a lot of topics to hop into as well. Raw, the club, reuniting impact on XTV. We shall see. So we're going to hop right on into this thing right now. Not wasting any more of your time. So first, we're going to hop into Impact Wrestling. They have a supposed a supposed deal on the table, or they are reportedly in talks. Excuse me, with XTV to switch from the Pursuit Channel, uh, as it was stated by Voices of Wrestling. Uh, the move is likely to take place after Slammiversary, or could take place after Slammiversary, but there have been some holdups in negotiations. Nothing yet is official. So, this is very interesting. I found this to be a very fascinating story that kind of slid under the radar this week, if you ask me. Uh, First and foremost, it is fantastic for the company. Uh, A good story for the company, a good network for the company. I'll get into that. But it is fantastic news for the company when you look at it. They're on the Pursuit Channel, and the Pursuit Channel has, for lack of a better word, been screwing them over, man. This is like problem after problem with the Pursuit Channel. They aired the wrong ep- they aired the wrong episode one week. They aired last week's episode when it should have been live. Like, they didn't air a match one time. It's just problem after problem with Pursuit. And the, the coverage on Twitch now has been very, very good. I watch on Twitch every week. It has been fantastic. But you would like to get on a television station. And Axe is a fantastic company. Uh, they air New Japan Pro Wrestling and Women of Wrestling. I watch Women of Wrestling every week. They're going to be moving to... Those two programs are going to be moving to Saturday nights. They were... At least Women of Wrestling was on Friday night. I think New Japan was as well. Actually, a really good television uh, company. I would love for Impact to be on that station. And looking at the last thing, they would be... They would presumably be at a better time slot than they are now. Uh, where it is now, it's 10 Eastern to midnight. And that is just not a good time slot for a wrestling company. Like, my wrestling clock goes off or ticks off at 11 Eastern because... For years now, that has been when wrestling has stopped. Wrestling program programming stops at 11 Eastern at the latest. Uh, that's before we had these long WrestleManias. At least American wrestling programming. 
And like, it's tough to stay up. Even when Impact is putting on a fantastic show. This has happened to me before. Impact is putting on a fantastic show in that 11 Eastern hour rolls around and I just start to get sleepy. Sometimes I fall asleep. It's tough to stay up. So presumably they would be getting a better time slot. This is positive all the way around for Impact. So I hope that they get it done. So moving on. We had the so-called new and improved Monday Night Raw. Uh, Paul Heyman is under control. I'm getting to that later on in the podcast. Uh, we had quite the varying opinions on the show. I ran a poll asking if Raw was good overall or was it just two segments that was good. Last I checked, it was 64%, 36% Raw was good. And we had a lot of opinions on Monday Night Raw as it pertains to Twitter and all around that. Raw was a good show. It was really good. It was great. And, like, I'm not here to rain on anybody's parade. If you feel that way, then I'm happy for you because you feel you're happy about wrestling. So I'm not going to take that away from anybody. But I did not find Raw to be good. I did not find it to be great. Look, I found two segments to be interesting. One, the beginning segment with Brian Strowman and Bobby Lashley, a feud that I had no interest in. They plowed through the set, and it was very interesting. The crowd was on fire. Like, everybody was excited. Everybody was like, oh, this is the Paul Heyman era. I was excited for it. I tweeted, whoa, Nelly. And, like, that's a reference that I don't have time to get into. But, nonetheless, I was excited about it. At the end of the day, we had a, a segment with the club. I'm going to get into that next. But those were the only two things that I found interesting about the show. It was not a good show. It was not a great show. Uh, we forget all the things in between that happened from the beginning and the end. The Alexa Bliss five-second match. The two out of three falls with Elias and the Miz, I think it was. The Street Profits. Like, what are they doing with the Street Profits? Like, they debut. And the only thing they do is stand backstage and talk. Like, they don't even get in the ring. The draw of the Street Profits is the entrance. And you don't even give them the entrance. And I'm like, that was a waste of a debut, if you ask me. It was just not a good show. I think the problem is we have such lowered expectations of Monday Night Raw that when they put on a decent show, it's like, oh, it was great. It was great. And that's the problem we have. And that's just my opinion. I didn't find it to be enjoyable. Like once we got past the Lashley Strowman segment, it was like 30 minutes of 20 to 30 minutes of good programming. And then it felt like same old raw. It was like, oh man, here we go again. And I just wasn't interested in it. That's just my opinion on the matter. I, I will hope for it to continue. Now, some people would have said, there were some developments and it's going to take some time for it to get to where we want it to get ultimately that I would totally accept that. But what I wouldn't accept is that it was a great show. There were some things that were different. I'm willing to give it a chance. We'll see how it all plays out, but I'm not jumping on the bandwagon of great just yet. So moving on to the development at the end of Monday Night Raw, the club is back ladies and gentlemen i enjoyed this and it's something that should have happened a long time ago if you ask me 
We had the segment Ricochet and AJ Styles. I didn't enjoy that match. We had AJ Styles winning the title, then the ref reversed the decision. It was a bit too much for me, a bit too extra, but Ricochet would retain the title. And after the match, we had the club on the apron. We had AJ Styles standing with Ricochet in the ring. And you know how I cannot be the only wrestling fan that does this. You can know how you can anticipate a heel turn before it happens. I was just sitting there. I was like, man, what if AJ Styles clubs him over the head and the club comes, club comes back? And sure enough, AJ Styles is the club over the head. We get the club putting the boots to ricochet. We get the two sweet at the end of the show. The club is back, ladies and gentlemen. It was a great segment. And I'm interested. They have my attention on this aspect. Uh, they have to let the club wreck shop. They can't let, they can't reunite the club and have them just be this uh, decent group that uh, wins some matches here and that. No, you have to let them take over. I uh, like they pretty much did when they first aligned. Here and here's the thing. Here's about the only problem that I see uh, with this storyline going forward. At this point, I'm pretty sure we're getting the AJ Styles Ricochet match at Extreme Rules. At this point, AJ Styles kind of has to, I don't want to even say kind of, he has to win that match. Uh, you can't reform the club and then a week later have AJ Styles lose the big match against Ricochet. That's just my opinion. And the problem with that is that Ricochet just won the title. He needs to maintain uh, the momentum that he got off of winning the title from Samoa Joe. So you're kind of in a pickle here. You kind of booked yourself in the corner here where both guys need to win. But looking at this aspect, I look at the club. We have that situation, but we have the club. And I hope they don't get too hillish with them. And I'm about to explain what I mean by that. Sure, they can be hills just fine, but... Think about the height of the club. Where were they at the greatest of their heights in WWE? It was the hashtag beat up John Cena movement. That's when the club just got fun. And that's when they got cool. And the thing with the club is, okay, it can work as heels, but it works better when they're tweeners. I'm just going to put it like that. So I hope eventually, obviously when you're going against Ricochet, the a huge babyface is going to be a heel. But it, hopefully it works out to the point to where eventually they work out to be tweeners uh, throughout this run. But nonetheless, I'm very excited for the club and very excited to see where it goes. So moving on, we are going to move on to Vince McMahon, Eric Bischoff, and Paul Heyman, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, how about this? This story broke after I did the podcast last week, which ticked, which ticked me off, man. I hate when big news stories break after I do a podcast as I take a sip of water right here. This broke last week, and I wanted to talk about it. So here I am this week. Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff were named executive directors of Raw and SmackDown. And the first thing I said was, Oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, is this a fake story? Bischoff and Heyman is back working with Vince? How about that? So, the initial thought I had after that was, is Vince still in control? And we got an update this week per PW Insider. 
And they reported that, yes, Vince McMahon was still the main man in charge of proceedings on Raw Creatively, not Paul Heyman. Even though Paul Heyman had a huge influence on the show. Here's my thing, man. If you're going to hire people to do a job, let them do it. Like, Paul Heyman has an excellent mind for the business. Eric Bischoff has an excellent mind for the business, even though he has his questionable moments here and there. But if you're going to hire him to be executive, quote unquote, executive directors for Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, then let them do their job. Don't hang over their shoulders. You see, Vince McMahon reminds me of Jerry Jones. And if you don't know who Jerry Jones is, he is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. And he can sometimes be a meddlesome owner uh, for the one of the preeminent NFL teams as far as publicity goes. Not, I won't get into NFL that much, but they are a preeminent team throughout the nation. He can be a meddlesome owner. And he was once great at his job, not so much anymore. And that's what Vince McMahon reminds me of. Once great at his job. Not so much anymore. He has his hits sometimes, but he has a lot of misses. So, I don't want him meddling with Paul Heyman, with Eric Bischoff. And uh, look, man, we'll see how it works out. I'm very interested to know what Triple H thinks about all of this. Because if anybody was going to get named the executive director of something, I would have thought it would have been Triple H to be the guy to get the gig. But apparently not. I guess Triple H is going to focus on NXT. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully, at the end of the day, man, I just want Raw and SmackDown to be better. And I just get the good feeling that if Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman were doing their jobs alone, it would be better because they would focus, just my opinion, I could be totally wrong here. But I get that they were focused on the sporting aspect of the show. And you got the horses. I say this every week on the podcast. WWE has the horses. They just have to let them run. You just have to let them go in the ring and put on shows as far as the action goes. That could work very well for WWE. I wish the best for Eric Bischoff. I wish the best for Paul Amon. I hope it works out for the sake of wrestling fans. So moving on, before we get into the Impact Slammiversary Breakdown, Gonna jump into Alistair Black just for a quick second. And his opponent for Extreme Rules. We had Alistair Black on WWE SmackDown. And either it was a week ago or a couple of weeks ago, he was interrupted. I think it was a week ago. Interrupted. Lights went off. Lights came back on. Nobody was there. And now Alistair Black comes back and he says he wants his opponent, whoever interrupted him for Extreme Rules. And I gotta say that. I'm interested. I think that it has to be someone dark, like a dark character. Like, we can't at the end of the day have Randy Orton come out and just be like, oh, okay, it was Randy Orton. Oh, well, that was a waste. It's going to feel like a waste. So it has to be someone dark. It cannot be Bray Wyatt because I feel like this is what everyone's talking about. Everyone wants to see that, but you can't book yourself into a corner because neither guy can afford to lose that match. That's just my opinion. Bray Wyatt nor Alistair Black. We've had mass build-up for both of those guys. They can't afford to go into their first match and lose. In my opinion, I think it will be Finn Balor, since it has to be someone dark, in my opinion. Uh, 
here's the deal Finn Balor can afford to lose the match we haven't seen him in a while but he can afford to take a loss to Aleister Black I don't know if Aleister Black is still a face or a heel we'll see how that turns out but Aleister Black versus Finn Balor that could set up a possible feud for the Intercontinental Championship heading into SummerSlam I would like to see that go down in Extreme Rules we'll see how it all turns out so moving on to Slammiversary ladies and gentlemen I can not wait for this pay-per-view this is going to be awesome as I take another sip of water here this is going to be awesome ladies and gentlemen last year the card was the, it was the pay-per-view of the year in my estimation so I'm very interested to see how this all turns out we have a stacked card and we got seven matches on the docket so far we'll see how the card uh, turns out going forward and we'll see if they have some extra stuff added uh, going forward as the preview gets closer so first up we're going to start right at the top Brian Cage versus Michael Elgin for the Impact World title I gotta say that this has been a well built up storyline we had Brian Cage suffered the injury when he won the title which was so unfortunate and Michael Elgin has done a good great job at being a heel trash talking Brian Cage and he's had a great run in Impact so far if you haven't been watching the guy Michael Elgin has just been putting on match of the night candidate week after week after week in the main event and we have had a fantastic storyline Brian Cage comes back he wrecks shop and on the most recent episode of Impact Michael Elgin wrecks shop pushed down poor Don Callis and it has been an interesting feud. It will be a phenomenal match. We're talking about the two of the new age big guys. Two guys that can move around really well. And could be big strong guys as well. So I'm very much looking forward to this match at the end of the day. Who will win is Brian Cage. He will retain the Impact World Championship. And Brian Cage should win as well. I think Michael Elgin can afford to take a loss work his way back down and eventually work his way back up into being an impact champion one day brian cage will be your winner here so moving on we have exhibition championship online rich swan versus johnny impact i gotta say that i did not like for when johnny impact got the uh, x champion uh, the uh, literal x uh to get a championship shot at rich swan i thought it should have been somebody else but here we stand, Rich Swan and Johnny Impact. The feud that has been built up itself has been pretty decent as well. I've enjoyed it. This is, well, I look at every match on here and I see a possible match of the night candidate. This is one of them. And from Bell to Bell, both of these guys can really go. And I'm excited for the match here. So at the end of the day, I found this one to be very interesting as it can go either way. This is a tough one, but I am going to ultimately go with Johnny Impact to pick up the X Division Championship. I think that this can be a prolonged storyline, a prolonged feud. I think we're going to have another matchup with these guys in the future. And this one's going to be phenomenal. Johnny Impact will pick up the victory here. So moving on, we got Moose versus Rob Van Dam. And 
I gotta say that I have nothing against the XECW guys, but I've seen a little bit too much of them on Impact Programming for my taste. I, overall, this should be a good, a decent to good match. I don't expect a bad match whatsoever. Rob Van Dam can still relatively move around. Moose is, again, like I talked about with Brian Cage and Michael Elgin, he's one of the new age big guys that can really move around with anybody in the ring. So I expect a decent match. The storyline itself, I've enjoyed with the most part. Moose going around attacking the ECW guys. And trying to take out all of the ECW guys leading to Rob Van Dam. I think that's been a well built up storyline at the least. So at the end of the day, who gets the win? Who should win is Moose. Uh, this should be uh, a spot where Rob Van Dam puts over the younger guy. But at the end of the day, who will win? I'm going to go with Rob Van Dam to pick up the victory here. I love for Impact to surprise me. Let Moose get a big win over a legend in Rob Van Dam. And that would be great. But I think Rob Van Dam ultimately goes on to pick up the victory here. So moving on to a match that I am very excited about. Monsters Ball. Knockout Championship on the line. Tiger Valkyrie versus Havoc versus Sue Young versus Rosemary. My goodness. First, I'll say that Rosemary and Sue Young. I have been so glad that they finally separated those two. As I've talked about when I review Impact, whenever I get the chance to review Impact, I, those two been together did neither any favors. Yeah, Rosemary. I went too young, had her on the collar, and nobody was gaining anything from that storyline, so I'm glad that they separated them. What we've got from it is a pretty good storyline with Tyler Valkyrie trying to avoid Sue Young and Havoc. She enlisted Rosemary for help, and now we have ourselves a four-way monsters ball match. As I take another sip of water here, this shall be a phenomenal match. And... Like I said, match of the night candidate could be a match of the year candidate. I don't know if I can go that far yet, but it could be. I expect it to be very brutal. Look, I want it to be brutal. It is a monsters balls match, monster ball match. It has to be brutal. And I am gonna call for color here. Like I'm not the one to call for you no. Know, I want blood. I'm not that guy that says you no. Know, Our wrestling doesn't have blood anymore. It needs to come back. But in this match in particular, Mustard's Ball match, I want some color here from the ladies. That's just my opinion. At the end of the day, who do I expect to win the match? Look, it is Rose, Rosemary's time, and it is time for her to ascend back to the Rosemary that we once knew. Like. Arguably, at one, at one point, Rosemary was the top draw for Impact. And I expect her to get back to that level when she picks up the win here. I expect an extended field with Taya Valkyrie. Impact's knockout, uh, knockout's division has been on fire, man. It feels like there's something for every lady in that division. So, as pertains here, we have four really talented wrestlers and Rosemary will be your new knockouts champion. So moving on, the tag team championships will be on the line. Santana and Ortiz LAX versus the Rascals. Des and Wentz and Trey McGill will uh, face off 
on the next episode of Impact to decide who will get the spot in the Slammiversary uh, matchup here. So we'll see how that turns out. It doesn't matter who, I, which two it is. It will be a phenomenal match and it will be a possible match of the year candidate. All of these guys have phenomenal chemistry. LAX and the Rascals had a phenomenal match on Impact uh, weeks ago. And at that point, when it ended in a dusty finish, I was like, okay, we're going to get a rematch between these guys at Slammiversary. And that's what we will have. I cannot wait for this match. It is going to be one of those matches to where there's no need to build it up. There's no need to work a slow pace and build up into a higher pace. It just needs to start with a fast pace, a high pace. I expect it to be a sprint. It will be a long sprint. Uh, if they give it time, it could be a match. Matter of fact, I'm going to go out on a small limb. Well, it's not too small because we've had some phenomenal matches so far in 2019. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be a match of the year candidate here. At the end of the day, who picks up the victory? I am going to go... And I think this is a surprise pick uh, in some respects. I'm going to go with the Rascals to pick up the titles. And I'm going to go with them to free bird the titles, all three of them, much like the New Day does in WWE. I'm going to go with them to free bird the titles. And I expect a phenomenal match here, no matter which two of the Rascals are facing off with LAX. So moving on, we have. Tessa Blanchett, the walking mean streak, the best overall women's wrestler on the planet. I said it for months. I said it for weeks. And doggone it, I'm going to say it again. The best overall women's wrestler on the planet versus Sammy Callahan. You know, at first, I was very excited for this match. I would, obviously, I would like for, as I've been saying for some time now, I would like for Tessa Blanchett. Uh, to be featured in the knockouts division. Like, I feel like there's some matches out there with some ladies that can, uh, can have with Tessa Blanchard that would be a phenomenal matchup. And I would like to see that take place at some anniversary. But here's the thing we got Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan. And at first, the build, I was feeling it. It was like, okay, it's Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan made the best person win. And that's what the build was about. But last week on Impact, they very much disappointed me. Uh, the build became, I'm a man, I'm better than you, so uh, you, you don't have any place here. And like, that annoys me to no end. It's like the Disco Inferno build. When he would come out and say, you know what? Uh, women don't belong in wrestling. I'm a man and you have no chance against me. Like, I thought... For a week, they gave me the impression that this would be a build. Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan made the best win, and I was very excited about that. But when you toss in the misogynistic crap, like it hurts the storyline, in my opinion, and I'm not with that. What I expect is a phenomenal matchup. I would like to see a stipulation put on this matchup. We'll see. Like, there's still time to go before the pay-per-view uh, kicks off. We'll see if they add that pre-pay-per-view. We shall see. Uh, but, at the end of the day, I got to tell you that everyone expects Tessa Blanchard to win. It would be a phenomenal swerve if Sammy Callahan won the match. 
But at the end of the day, will Impact go with that? No, I do not think they will go with that. Uh, Tessa Blanchard will be your victor. She will pick up the victory. And this will be, uh, without a doubt, a phenomenal match. Will it reach the levels that Sammy Callahan had with Pentagon last year at Slammiversary? I don't know. We'll see if a stipulation gets put on the match. We'll see about that. But I expect this to be a phenomenal match since Blanchard picks up the win here. Next up, and finally, we have Eddie Edwards versus Killer Cross in the first split matchup. This build has been spotty at best. I, it's been mm, decent, but it's had its downfalls. Uh, when Eddie Edwards was searching for the Sandman, I knocked out Killer Cross, and at that point, we had blood on Killer Cross, and I'm like. Are they writing Killer Cross off? Does this have something to do with the contract negotiations? I mean, I don't know what's going on here. But at the end of the day, it has been a decent beer. We have it here with versus Killer Cross. It's going to be a phenomenal matchup. It's going to be a physical matchup. I want weapons in the first blood match. Give me tables. Give me chairs. Give me everything. Give me the kitchen sink. I want that. And I'm pretty sure we'll get that. So I'm very interested to see how it turns out. Uh, at the end of the day, I expect the face to pick up the victory here. Eddie Edwards will be your winner here and he will pick up the victory. Maybe this is the match that right skill across off. We shall see going forward. But Eddie Edwards will pick up the win here. So that's it for the anniversary card. Let me know your thoughts whether it's on YouTube. Uh, at OMG Corby or on Twitter at 2SweetPod or at OMG Corby. Let me know your thoughts on Slammiversary or any other things that I've talked about on this show. Let me know all of your thoughts.